against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect? us. God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back. so glad that you're here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. And if you're watching online, we just say welcome to you, Lord. We're so grateful and thankful that we have a good God. His power is present. Amen. Father, we just lean and rely on you. We trust in you. We lean not to our own understanding, but we acknowledge you in all of our ways that you may direct our path. So lead God and direct us into the victory that you've already destined us for. And we just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? Let's stand together. Come on. Jesus. 
Yeah. 
free, free is here. So just receive it, just take it, just possess it. Confess, say, I'm free. your holy name. Hallelujah. You know, if you went to a buffet and someone took you to a buffet and they paid the bill, would you just sit at your table and wait for the food to come to you? Because at a buffet, you got to go get your own food, right? Well, God has a buffet today. Amen? And he's just saying, come and get it. Come and get it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The greater your reception, the more radical your response. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord. You have, you are forever settled throughout the ages as the one who will never change and who cannot lie we can be confident in you and your power and in your ability and in your willingness to do it for us hallelujah and Lord we just receive right now all that you have for us and Lord we thank you for speaking to us The time has come for the empty pot to be filled and changed with something new. I want to do a new thing in the earth, says the Lord. I want to do a new thing right here. For I am a creator and I have creative ability. And I like to bring forth things that have not been before. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Said, my God is a creator. He created me. And he gives me everything I need, I want, and I desire. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you can, you can have your seats. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Just a couple more weeks of this confession, then we'll emphasize a new one. But we're so glad that you're here this morning to Victory Christian Fellowship. Amen. It's a good day. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so glad for our worship team, signature worship. God signs his name on. Yes. To them. Amen. Yes. And we want to invite you to make a confession. You know, we have the privilege of speaking the word just like Jesus did. And uh, let's make our confession of faith. God's God's kingdom kingdom operates on the principle of seed time and harvest. Seeds are powerful tools that bring increase and produce harvest. God has empowered us to be fruitful and multiply. Our God is good to us and his blessing causes the earth to yield its harvest for us. 
We purposely plant our seed in good ground, and it grows, ripens, and we reap its return. We know the condition of our assets and pay close attention to our finances so that our family is well taken care of and we are able to help others. We work in God's kingdom. We receive wages and gather fruit for eternal life. We rejoice when we plant and when we reap. Our seeds begin to increase greatly the moment they are planted. We reap abundantly because we sow generously. We cheerfully and freely give to God's work and kingdom. God makes every favor and earthly blessing come to us, and we have more than enough to do what God wants and give to others. We are sowers, and the Lord gives us seed and meets our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. He multiplies our resources and increases our righteousness, so we are enriched in every way. We walk, we walk worthy of the Lord and please him in all things. We are fruitful, producing abundant harvest in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God. Our faith is strong, our insight is clear, and our love for God, strong for God's word. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance to proclaim the uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Before the announcement come up, I want to share something. Uh, the Lord is reminding me this week, and then he reminded me just now to tell you this about when I named, when he named, and I received it, our worship team, Signature Worship. It's not a normal thing, you know, to name a worship team in the church, a name, you know, unless you're really big. <laughs> but God, I, I was in Arkansas. I had uh, flown into Arkansas to record for the first time video teaching on my book, You Can Be Fearless. And I don't know if Josiah was born yet. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because I started writing books when he was born. So he was a baby. So I would have left him here, and I would have gone on my own for one night, overnight, for one day to record eight programs in one day, which they said never been done. But I did it because God did it. <coughs> so uh, I remember driving from the airport to, it was a two-hour drive in this tiny little car that the rental company gave me. And there was a massive storm. Like, I'm driving, and this storm just came. Like, boom. Well, I didn't realize the road I was on is where all the trucks drive. And it was mountainous. It was, I mean, it was the most windiest, mountainous road I have ever driven. And it is pouring rain. Like, I can't see. So then I ended up in this line of trucks next to me. And I, I, I can't go anywhere. I'm there. <laughs> and I cannot see. In, I can't see. So I was just praying in tongues and rebuking the storm and telling it to, you know, I have vision to see what's ahead and blah, blah, blah. So I'm having a good old time praying. And, uh, of course, the storm lifted, the rain lifted, everything else. And then when I looked, I saw I was at the edge of a cliff. If I had gone a little bit off, it would have been down. There was no railing or anything, right? 
But while I was praying there on that trip, and I don't remember if it was on the way there or on the way back, but either they were both raining times, but, but now I had known the road. But uh, the Lord's, I started praying in tongues, and then I started interpreting, and the Lord says, name the worship team. Name it Signature Worship. That's my name for the worship team. So that's how we got the name Signature Worship. And he explained there will be an anointing on the signature worship team, no matter who's in it. The anointing is on the team, and it cannot be taken out of the team. It will operate when it's with the team, signature worship. Now, the reason I say this is that name was given to me during a stormy time. Like, it, I mean, it was horrible. Like, I've never driven anything like it. I'm by myself in the car going, oh, no. I'm making it to my destination, and you're going to let up. And I, I believe it's significant. If, if when we're singing, if there's storms going on in your life, you, it can go just from the worship, just from you participating in the worship. And the other thing that that trip was part of, it was the first time I recorded one of my books, a video teaching of one of my books. And... I did it in record time at a professional studio. God provided the money. He provided the way. I took a break from my, I think just I would have been like two maybe or one. I don't know. But all those things were breakthrough moments that I was walking through ahead. And God named the worship team during that time. Amen. So I believe it's a significant thing. And God was showing me that his signature, he has many, many names. And every one of his signatures can come out when we worship. So whatever it is that you need, if it's healing, if it's provision, if whatever, you just receive it because there's an anointing on the whole point of our worship team. Amen. So it's not just a thing we do every Sunday morning. We switch things halfway through when we're practicing if we have to, because God knows what he wants to do in the service. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Hello, hello, hello. It's good to see each one of you here. God bless you. Welcome you. If it's your first time, we welcome you. If it's the number you can't even count to, we welcome you. Every time you are welcomed here to Victory Christian Fellowship, I'm reminding you, you are welcomed. Okay, announcements. <clears throat> Today, ladies, we are having the last meeting for our book club for Identity Reset. So if you want to join us and see what it's like, we'll start up again in September. You're welcome to join us. We have a little lunch and discussion. And we share our lives together and build relationships. And we learn how to reset our identity. Amen. And Tuesday is Air Force. I love Air Force. Okay, Air Force is Tuesday at 6. Is Miss Dottie going to be back with us? We really missed Miss Dottie. So we want to announce that we missed her being in the kitchen in more ways than one. <laughs> And the youth are very gracious for me filling in. But they're really going to look forward to your cooking. <laughs> okay. And we have ongoing fundraisers for our youth camp. So we have um, some new pasta salads today, some new soup, some new snacks. So check it out. 
and thank you for supporting us. And Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30. It's a glorious time. You want to be here. You know school is leaving out and summer is arriving. So this is a great time to change up your routine. Great time to change up your routine. Ask the Holy Spirit how he sees your summer. And then follow him fully in that. Amen. Congratulations, Kelsey! (laughs) Kelsey is in the sound booth. She is graduating from high school this week. Congratulations! Woohoo! God is great and good and glorious. And we're excited for the new season that the Lord has taken Kelsey into and completing this season. So God bless you, Kelsey. We celebrate with you. Oh, I have a page here that's pushed to the side. Praise the Lord. The air conditioning has been paid for and installed. Thank you, Jesus. And we have the opportunity to plant seed into a new kitchen of two ovens, one refrigerator, and a vent. So let's just pour out more than we can imagine. Ask the Lord to bring in the seed to you so that we have more than enough for the kitchen and we have surprises. Because God loves to surprise. So I'm believing like when we order these things, they're going to add a free gift. Like, well, how about, do you, how about we give you a new dishwasher? And, oh, yeah, would you like two refrigerators? Okay, so that's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm speaking out and expecting. So this is just the start. This isn't the finish. Yeah, hallelujah. And then Josiah's great project that he loves the most is the stage lights. So I joined with him in his excitement, and I know he wants more than stage lights. That's just the start, right, Josiah? Yeah, so let's bring in the resources we can call in. It's not just money, but it's godly connections to people that will say, hey, I got all this stuff, and I want to give it to you. So let's be listening to Holy Spirit. Let's be speaking it out so that the angels of God can start working and bring this stuff to us. Amen. Hallelujah. And then the excitement continues to grow. The new Shopify store for Victor Christian Fellowship is now available. Look at all the things that are getting completed. And the reason they're getting completed is not so we sit down on the beach and say, it's completed. It's for us to walk into new. There's so much more. And so the Shopify store goes around the world. Huh, that's awesome. So check it out. You're here. You can come in and shop if you'd like. But tell your friends that can't come to this physical location, they can experience what you experience every week. Hallelujah. (laughs) Your faces are all just glowing. It's so awesome. Praise the Lord. So welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Announcements that preach by VCF. Thank you, Pastor Nadine.
Glory to God. You doing good this morning? Well, if not, just wait a minute. You'll get better. I want to read something from you from uh, John chapter 3 and James chapter 1. John chapter 3 and James chapter 1. I want to read a familiar scripture, John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So anybody that believes in this gift that was given can benefit from it. I'm reading this because whenever we talk about giving to God, God was the first to give. God was the, is the greatest giver. Amen? So when, when God tells us to give in his word, it's something that he did long before he ever told us to do it. Amen? I mean, who gave us this earth? Right? Who gave us breath? Amen? Why? He loves you. He wants you to be a living, functioning being. And he wants you to function at optimum level. Amen? Amen? And God's got replacement parts if you need upgrade. All right, then go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God, notice this, that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. He doesn't hold or withhold and it shall be given him. You know, God is never interested in withholding from those that ask him for something. God is always interested in how he can get it to you. Amen. Notice if we lack something like wisdom, all we have to do is ask God and he will give to all how? Liberally, abundantly, more than enough, overflowing. Say, my God's a giver. So when we talk about giving, and we have an opportunity every time we get together to give. Those of you that are watching, you have an opportunity to give. give our giving is an investment in a kingdom. Amen. And uh, our giving is because we love God, right? And God will, God will get it back to you, amen? He, he takes our gifts, he multiplies them, he increases them, and we get back a whole truckload more than what we got. So, Father, in your giving this morning, you can give any time during the service. Uh, we have two offering containers there. Our seed planters, they have envelopes there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you want to do, use a card, you can go to the bookstore. If you want to go online, use our website. All kinds of ways. Father, I speak a blessing. As the pastor of Victory Christian Fellowship, Father, I speak the blessing of the Lord. The blessing, the empowerment of God upon every person, every giver in their gifts, Lord. And I call their gifts multiplying in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that you, you cause them to overflow and abound in everything in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want you to worry if you think gas prices are getting too high. We got a great big God who does great big things. Amen. We got to have great big faith in a great big God. And uh, 
listen, God has ways of getting things to us that we need. Amen? And uh, we, we can, uh, he always comes through, right? He is a faithful God. Hallelujah. And uh, our kids are going to get infused in faith. Amen? You know, kids' life stands for kids living in faith every day. We got to start off living in faith. Amen? I got a late start. My, my boys got an earlier start than I did, and I'm so happy and thrilled about that. Amen? So kids, are you ready for kids' life? Teachers, are you ready? We're going to dismiss you. Have a great class. Oh, happy birthday, Parker. It's Parker's birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. Hallelujah. If you love Jesus, say, oh, yeah. Amen. Well, you ready for the word this morning? I'm ready to give you the word, and I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, God never ceases uh, to amaze me whenever um, he gives me things. And, uh, you know, he's a creator. And uh, this, is, this title, is gonna, you're going to find it interesting. Today I want to talk to you about the shape of faith. The shape of faith. All right? Um, you know, faith is a force in this earth, right? We're supposed to live by it. We're supposed to walk in it. We're supposed to fight by it. Amen? It, it, it produces things that we need, want, and, and uh, it, it pleases God. And faith is a very important thing. And um, what you believe determines what is for you. Every one of us are living by a belief system that we have in place. Our belief system is our values, what we deem important. Uh, it's reflected in our habits, in our lifestyle, and in what we do. Right? Every one of us are currently living by our belief system. And uh, sometimes our belief system is based on things that aren't really true. It could be based on experience or based on uh, something uh, that happened in the world or a circumstance. But the faith that we need to live by has to come from God's word. In other words, God's word has to shape our belief system. Okay? And uh, I'm so excited about this. You get to determine whether your faith is round, square, triangle, whether it's big or whether it's small. Amen. You know, the Bible talked about great faith. It talked about little faith and it talked about no faith. Right. You determine whether your faith is present or non-existent. So what kind of shape do you want your faith to be? You get to determine the shape of your faith. Hallelujah. What you believe about God doesn't change what God said, but it changes how it affects you. Someone cannot accept what God said, but that doesn't change what God said. It just changes what affects them. If someone chooses to not believe God, they just don't get what God offers. 
So it's not going to change God. It doesn't determine whether or not God's word works or not. God's word works. But if you choose to believe it, it'll work for you. And if you choose not to believe it, it won't work for you. Amen? Our belief system is the framework of our life. Okay? What we believe is what we have. It's what we can do. It's where we go. And it's who we are. You know, because faith is a lifestyle. Did you know that faith is not just for Sundays? Faith is not just on Wednesdays or Tuesdays. Faith is an everyday thing. It's, it's how you live your life every day. And sometimes when we're not living for God, except on certain days, you know, we wonder why our faith isn't working. It's because um, we're not living by it. Amen? Do you think if, if, a, if, a, if someone who scuba dives underwater, if they can just say, oh, I'm just going to put this tank aside, I'm not going to need it anymore. Well, they're going to be in trouble, right? Because if you're in deep water, you better have your tank. Because you need that oxygen to survive underwater. We need our faith to live. Amen? Our faith to us is just as important as the oxygen tank to a scuba diver, to a spacesuit to an astronaut. Our faith is just as important, just as vital. Amen? And... uh you know, an astronaut's not going to go to a moon without a spacesuit, right. Right? right? They need it to go into that atmosphere. We need faith. Yes. Amen? So we're shaped by our faith because faith in God does cause us to change how we live. Yes. When you put faith in God, changes occur from how you used to live. Yes. Amen? Anybody ever changed their life yes. when they met God? Yeah, he introduces us to a new kingdom, new standards, a new way of living, new laws to abide by, right? So change is going to occur, all right? And uh, the Christian life is different than the worldly life, amen? amen. amen? And we're supposed to be different. Yeah. We're supposed to be unique. Yeah. We're not supposed to hide under a bushel. Oh, I got a light, but let's just hide under a bushel. No, we're supposed to let it shine, yeah. Amen? All right, go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. And we're going to begin to see the shape of faith. Amen? Amen. The shape of faith. Hallelujah. If you're... Hebrews, chapter 1, it says, God, starting with verse 1, Hebrews 1, 1, God who at sundry times... And in diverse or various manners spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But he has in these last days spoken unto us by his son. God gave us his word in the flesh and on the page. What's on the page what was in, is what was in the flesh. There's no difference between what's written in this book than the body of Jesus. They are the same thing. So God speaks to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Wouldn't you want to hear what the heir of all things has to say? Amen. He's got insight into what's yours. 
he can tell you what's yours. By whom also he made the worlds. Does this world have a shape? It's round. It's not flat. It's round. Right? The world has a shape. God made this world into a shape. Countries are shaped. Oceans are shaped. They have boundaries. How'd they get boundaries? God made them that way. Mm. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory. Jesus is the reflection of the Father. He is the glory of heaven. Amen? He is... Heaven is fully represented in Jesus. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay? And the express image of his person, upholding all things by the what? The word of his power. Say, everything is upheld by the word of his power. If God's word can hold up his world, then your words are holding up your world. We're created in his image and in his likeness. He designed us to speak. He designed us to talk. A person in authority uses their voice or text if you can't talk. He's upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? All right. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And this isn't even my text yet. I want you to look at verse 2, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, that is ongoing and current, we are never to take our eyes off Jesus. Just because you're saved now doesn't mean you take your eyes off Jesus. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus to live for him. Amen. Looking. That's a present participle. Thank God I learned something in English. <laughs> Hallelujah. Looking unto who? Jesus. Why? He is the word. He is the word made flesh. It is by his word of power that the world is held up, that the world came into being. We got to look to the word, look to the word, look to the word. Looking. All right. Who for the joy that was set before Looking unto Jesus, he's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning, the end, and the completion. He's the fulfillment. He's the epitome. He's the object of our faith. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He gave us the faith. He created the faith. It's his faith that we get to use. So his faith has his power. His faith has his power, and we have his faith. Therefore, we have his power. He's the architect of faith. God came up with faith. And God himself lives by faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11, and this is my text. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. And you're going to see an interesting word here. Through faith. Everybody say, through faith. We understand. Did you know that faith increases your understanding? Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Oh, hallelujah. The word is the framework of the world. How many has ever seen a building being built? All right. You may not know what kind of building it is from the foundation, but once they start framing it out, what what does the frame do? The frame gives the building a shape. It tells you what shape it's going to be. It outlines the shape of the building. The worlds were shaped, formed, fashioned, made, and created by the word. Word, faith has a shape. Faith has a shape. Amen? Once they start framing out a building, you can tell it's, it takes shape, doesn't it? Right? Hallelujah. So the NIV says, by faith we understand the universe was, framed, was formed at God's command. God could have created the world any way that he wanted to. But he chose to create it by speaking, by using words. You want to create your world? Create it by using words. The same way that God created the world, you create your world. Okay? Hallelujah. The New American Standard Bible 1995 says, By faith we understand the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what was seen was not made of things which are visible. The Aramaic Bible in plain English says, for by faith we understand that the worlds were fashioned by the word of God. Did you know that God is a fashionable God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. A frame is a shape, right? Once you see the framework of a building, you can kind of see what that building is going to be, right? It gives you the shape. It gives you the boundaries, right? Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Peter chapter 2. You don't mind looking up scriptures, do you? No, you must be from Berea. They looked up scriptures to see if what they were being said was so. You know, God gave us a book so that we can use it. He didn't give us a book to collect dust. Everything in this book, this book is alive. This book is a living organism. Amen. It's, it's living, it's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay? First, Second Peter chapter 2 and uh, verse 3. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me say this again. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 5. Here we go. Second Peter 3, 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the heaven... Of the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water 
and in the water, whereby the world then that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. All right, it's just simply reiterating the fact that God's word created this world. God's word framed this world. Amen? God put the stars in place, all right? This word framed is an interesting word. It means to fit or join together, right? In order to have a a good framework, what does the framework have to be attached to? It has to be attached to the foundation. Who's our foundation? Christ is the foundation. Amen? You can't frame your word properly unless you have a good foundation, unless you're rooted and grounded in Christ. You got to be rooted and grounded in Christ to be able to hold the framework up. Amen? Because if, if your foundation is faulty, your framework will fall. Your, your, your world will crumble. Okay? This word means uh, t- I compact together, I prepare, I perfect for. It's, uh, it means to bring into proper condition, whether for the first time or for a lapse of time. How many know that the framework that God established for this world is still in place? It's still intact. Why? God can't go against his word. Okay? Therefore, this world has not crumbled. The whole creation of heaven and earth, it associates with the word of God. Amen? We are a product of the word. Things are a product. Plants are a product of the word. Right? The oceans still obey the word that says you can't cross this boundary. Unless in a storm, but that's an anomaly, right? Everything that is created has a shape, a form, an outline, or a pattern. Every one of us have different shapes, right? We all have shapes. There's shapes all over this world, okay? Go to Psalm 33. So what you believe about what God said shapes Outlines and sets the pattern for your life. If you don't like the shape, you can change it. If you don't like the condition, you can change it. If you don't like what you have, you can change it. Amen? You can tap into the power of God and it changes. Your life reflects and displays your belief system, what you value, what you consider to be important. Okay? Psalm 33, verse 6. Psalm 33 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Psalm 33 and verse 6. Notice what it says. By the word of the Lord were heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. I mean, God's breath can just create things. What did, what did Jesus do to his disciples in John 20 after he rose from the dead? He breathed on them. What did he do? He created a, a born-again new nature on the inside of them. Amen? They didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. They got, they got born again then in John 20. When he breathed on them the breath of life, that was the breath that he breathed into Adam. Glory to God. That made Adam a living soul. It made that lump of clay talk and think and, and function. Hallelujah. God's breath. 
I'm telling you, God sneezed and the waters parted. You know, the Bible says the blast of his nostrils. That's a sneeze. When God sneezes, you better get out of the way. Something's going to move. All right, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And look at verse 3. Hallelujah. John 1 and verse 3. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He made all things, didn't he? There wasn't one thing that was made that he didn't make. All right? Now, the earth twisted what God made in the earth. Okay? I mean, when God created lions, he didn't create them as predators, but the curse made them a predator. All right? Okay? And uh, go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I know I'm giving you a finger workout today, but that's okay. Look at verse 15. Colossians 1 and verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? (laughs) Jesus. He is the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Did you know that there's an invisible realm just as much as there is a visible realm? Because... The visible realm came out of the invisible realm. What is seen was made by what you can't see. Hallelujah. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. In other words, God created things to use for his purpose, not for the devil to use. They were made for him. Amen. That's why he redeems people so that he, we can take control. Because once you know, you understand your authority in Christ, you can take control. And you can stop what the enemy does and start using what, what he's doing for God. Amen? Hallelujah. So we know that faith, Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when the word of God comes to you, the word has power. The word has authority. And when it comes to you, why does it come to you? So that you can do something with it. You need to take that word and you need to do something with it. You need to release it with your mouth. Amen? Be like a ricochet. Ping, ping, ping. Right? What God says, you you ought to just reverberate what God says. Amen? And, and then you're going to see the power. If you, if you mix your opinion and feelings in with it, it's not going to work. Your feelings and opinions don't have the power that the word has. Okay? Now, let's talk about the shape of possibility. How many have the, we all have a capacity of possibility. Amen? It's like a gas tank on a vehicle. My vehicle has a 15-gallon gas tank. Some have 10, some have 12, some have 20, some have 100, right? There are different capacities, okay? What is your capacity of possibility? Hallelujah. How much, what is the shape of your possibility? Do you have to squeeze it into a little tiny container? All right? 
What is the shape? What, what does possible look like to you? All right, let me give you what the Bible says. Okay, go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Hallelujah. Whoo, this is good. I'm having a good time here. There was a a man who had a son who was demon-possessed. And um, Peter, James, and John were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, and they had just come down. Another gospel says that the other disciples were arguing with the Pharisees. How many know arguing doesn't produce faith? Okay? If you're trying to decide who's the greatest, faith has nothing to do with that. Because faith would say God's the greatest, so be quiet. Right? God's the greatest, there's no contest, so don't, don't try to figure out who's the greatest among you. God's the greatest, so be quiet. All right? Okay. So Jesus comes down to this situation now. The man had already taken his son to the disciples, and they couldn't do it because they didn't have the faith because they were arguing. All right? So we're going to pick it up here uh, in verse uh, 21. And he asked the father, this is Mark 9, 21. He asked the father, how long uh, is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. Now, we don't know how the devil got in. We don't know what happened to, to cause this possession to take place. But the, do you know that a, a, the devil can't possess someone at will? Right. He has to have permission from us or from someone. Right? When we do something wrong against God, we give the devil permission to come in. Okay? So we don't know how this devil got there. Okay? And it was there since he was a child. And the devil was violent. He'd throw him into fires. The devil wanted to kill him, really. Okay? Verse 22, And oft times it it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. That's what the devil does. He's only concerned about destroying or killing or stealing. Um, but if you can do anything, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Who's he talking to? Is that the right question to say, if you can do anything? No, the word can do it. How much can the word do? Okay. All right. So the father is asking Jesus if you can do anything. Okay. But Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are what? Possible. How many things? Are possible to who? To them that believe. This father had a very small capacity to believe. Because he didn't know how to deliver his son. He took them to the disciples. They didn't know how to deliver them. And now he's asking the word if the word can do anything. In other words, the man is not sure what the word can do. He is uncertain, unsure. That's not faith. Faith is certain. Faith is confident. Faith is assurance. Okay? He's not sure what the word can do. And Jesus, the word said, if you believe... How how many things are possible to believers? All things. things. Think about the category of all things. What's what's possible to you? 
what you can believe for. Your belief shapes your possibility. What you believe determines what becomes possible. Amen? It's, it's what you believe about what he said. Okay? All right? And uh, straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He believed in his head but not his heart. So he's asking for help. But thank God he knows where to get help. He, he at least knows that the word can help him. Yes. Amen? Amen? And how many know the word will help you? Okay? When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit saying, you dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you come out of him and, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. I bet he cried because he was evicted. You know? And, and rent him sore. That means he convulsed him. Maybe it looked like he was having a seizure. And uh, he came out of him and he was as one dead in so much that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and arose. Right? Hallelujah. So how many things are possible? Can you believe all things or can you believe 80% of all things? Or can you believe 70% of all things? Or are you in 100% of all things? Can you be healed if you believe? Can you be saved if you believe? Can, can God provide a need if you believe? Can God change the circumstance if you believe? All things, right? All things is a big category. We got our capacity has to enlarge. We got to pray the prayer of Jabez, enlarge my capacity. Amen. Did you know when you ask God to enlarge you, he'll make you bigger? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not, I'm just going to say this because it's going to get a little ahead of myself, but your faith is designed to grow. Second Thessalonians 1, 3 says, thanks be unto God, we have faith that grows exceedingly. In other words, the growth of your faith has no limit. It can get as large and as big as you want it to be. It determines what is your capacity to handle it. Amen? I mean, you get to a choking point sometimes. Okay? So to believe, this word believes here in Mark 9.23, it means to be persuaded. Okay? The man, when he came to Jesus, he wasn't persuaded really. He was just kind of it was kind of up in the air. He didn't really know. All right? This word means uh, to, be, to affirm, to have confidence. Uh, it means being persuaded by the Lord. Fully persuaded. Amen? Convinced. Amen? You, you determine how long you have to be convinced as to what Jesus said is whether or not it, it is true. Some people have to have a lot of convincing other people, the minute they hear it, they can latch on to it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, let's go. All right? Because they, they've enlarged their capacity to receive, to believe. Amen? Because what you believe is what you receive. If you believe you can't, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're correct. If you believe you can, you're also correct. You determine what you believe about it. And what you believe about what Jesus said will be seen and heard. You won't be able to hide what you believe about it. What you believe about something comes across in your, da in your daily conversations. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, 
that's not my sanctified conversation. No, unfortunately, the words we use every day are either building our faith or weakening our faith. Because faith has a shape. And your words are determining the shape of your faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. To believe means to think to be true. It's to place confidence in. It's to be, have the conviction and trust that it is absolutely true. That's what it means to believe. You know, when you believe something, you're all in. You feel it in your bones. You're willing to die for it. You're willing to stand on it. Amen? You know, it's like the guy who was riding his bike in the mountains, and he fell off his bike, and he slid down the cliff, and he grabbed onto the root that was sticking out of the rock. And he's like, help, help, is there anybody here that can help me? And God says, hello, my son, I'm here. He says, oh, God, help me. He says, God says, do you believe me? And, and the, the voice says, yes, I do. And, the, and then God said, well, let go. Then the voice says, is there anybody else that can help me? <laughs> See, when you really believe something, you'd let go. And you'd trust what he said. Amen? That's what it means to believe. Okay? All right. Go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. What are we doing? We're expanding our possibility. That's the good thing about believing. It can get bigger. God wants you to move on to bigger things. Amen? It's called development. God wants you to go from crawling to walking. He wants you to go from diapers to being potty trained. He wants you to go from milk to meat. He wants you to increase in the knowledge of God. Well, what would someone do if they believed that God wants them to increase in knowledge of God? They would study. Study would be the faith that they would put forward to get the reward. Right? Because faith always does something. Faith always says something. Okay? All right, Matthew 19, verse 26. Here's what it says. But Jesus, well, let's back up to 23. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. You wouldn't be amazed unless you were rich. Come on. That statement wouldn't amaze you unless you had some money. You wouldn't be upset. If you were poor, you'd say, that's great. Rich man can't, rich man can't get in heaven. I'm poor. I'm going to get in. That's great. But these were not poor because the statement amazed them. Amen? When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? When Jesus beheld them, he said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God, how many things? All things are possible. Let's increase our capacity to all. 
Did you know that you have an invisible gauge in your life? A means all, N means none, right? Where are you in between none and all? I'm on the all scale, amen? I'm on the all side. I want it all. Okay, go to Luke chapter one. Luke chapter one. Mm -mm -mm. We're, We're doing something here. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. This is the angel talking to Mary. And in Luke 1 37, he said, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. God never considers something to be impossible. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I'm telling you, when Mary said these words, a shape took place on the inside of her. It was the shape of baby Jesus as a fetus on the inside of her. It took, when she accepted the word, she allowed the word to determine the shape of what was on the inside of her, of what she would carry, of what she would bring forth. Hallelujah. Let it be to me according to your word. Nothing is too hard for God. Say that. Say nothing. It's too hard for God. Hallelujah. Say it again. Say nothing shall be impossible with God. Amen. And all we have to do to have the same result is believe. Because faith has a shape. Faith has a shape. All right. Let's go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, look at verse 7, John 1, 7. Yeah, everybody's feeling the difference of the compressor now. On Friday, I said, no one's going to be asleep in our service now. We're going to be an Eskimo church. Amen. Look at John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that how many men? All All men through him might what? It is God's will for all men to believe. God can't make you believe. You determine if you're going to believe it or not. You determine what you believe. God just says it. It's up to you to believe it. God does it. It's up to you to believe it. Because his works show who he is. Right? So he reveals who he is and he shows who he is. But it's up to whoever sees it and hears it. They determine if they believe it or not. Some people say, okay, I'm not going to believe that. God doesn't go and tackle them. He doesn't get them in a believing headlock. Say, I'm going to get you in a headlock till you believe. No. If someone chooses not to believe God, that is their choice. God honors their choice. 
Because when God created man, he created man with a free will, and he's never interfered it. He's never interfered with that, and he never will. God will never go against your will. Did God tell the Israelites who brought back an evil report? uh, He said, that's probably not a good report. You might want to change it. No, he let them go with that bad report. Right. And, and, and the people who brought the bad report infected the camp where the camp were saying, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. What happened? They believed that they were going to die. Therefore, they died. But what about the ones who didn't who believed they weren't going to die? They lived. Joshua and Caleb and Moses. And they had to, they had to be the ones that conduct the funerals. I mean, Joshua and Caleb. They had to hang out with those whiny babies for 40 years until they were all gone. All the whiny babies died because they believed to die. It wasn't God's will. It was not God's will to bring them out in the wilderness for them to die. That was not his will. It was not God's will for them to spend 40 years in the wilderness. They chose to do that. Read the book. God wrote it for us. They chose that. God gave them what they chose. God gave them what they believed because what they believed was what they said. Because what you believe is evidence in your words and how you live. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. Let me just sum this part up. God told Sarah in Genesis 18, he said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? When he he said, you're going to have a baby, Sarah was in the tent. And she was listening, right? And when she heard that, she laughed. And then God said, why'd Sarah laugh? She goes, I didn't laugh. I mean, she, she laughed. Of course you're going to laugh, right? If you're 90 years old and you're, you're going to get pregnant, of course you're going to laugh. <laughs> but thank God that she didn't stay there. Right? The Bible says in Hebrews 11, she considered him faithful. And by considering him faithful, she gained strength to conceive. Amen? Yeah, her initial response was laughter, but she didn't stay there because Isaac was born. All right, so God said, is anything too hard or too wonderful for the Lord? Right? Uh, 1 Samuel 14, 6. You don't have to turn there, but it's a story of Jonathan. Jonathan made a statement. He said, can God save with a large amount or a small amount? It doesn't matter. God can save. God can deliver. Right? So just him and his armor bearer. They went up and they took over a Philistine garrison. Why? Because he believed that God could save, whether with a lot or with few. How many know Gideon believed God that he could do stuff with a small amount? Amen? The little boy who gave his lunch, he believed God could do something with a small amount. Amen? They, they increased their capacity to believe. Okay? So what's possible to you? All right? Faith overcomes the world. Um, we, we have faith to be saved, faith to be healed, faith to be delivered, faith to stand, faith to walk. Amen? If you're sick this morning, I just want you to say this. Let's just all say it together. Say, I am healed. I am healed. Say, the word, of God the word of God is life and medicine, and medicine. to all my flesh. To my bones, to my organs, to my blood, the word makes me strong. 
I'm healed. I'm whole. Hallelujah. Amen. Here's some things that God formed. Did you know, ladies, you are a fashionable rib. God took a rib out of man and he fashioned woman. He made woman and, and presented the rib to Adam and Adam didn't call her. He said, whoa, man. <laughs> and God, God formed mankind out of dust. We're just, one, we're just one walking dust ball that God formed and breathed into. The difference, see, the difference of what dust can do, it depends on who it's connected to. When dust is connected to God, it becomes a living, breathing, walking human being. A man that can think and do things. All right? Uh, God is a potter and we are the clay. How many know vessels come in different shapes? Right? God, God's a potter. And we are his pottery. Right? We've been formed, fashioned, shaped by God according to the image of Christ. Okay? We're shaped after Christ. We are God's workmanship. That means masterpiece. Okay? The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 5, Jesus had a body prepared for him. There was a body that was the shape of God. And God fit into that body and walked the earth. Jesus had a shape. He had a height. He had a width. Right? He had a shape. Faith has a shape. Hallelujah. And did you know that the Bible says in Ephesians 2 that God fills us full all in all? Did you know whatever, when something fills something else, it takes the shape of what it's filling? God's fullness took the shape of you. You are able to have God's fullness in you. All right, let me just read it to you, okay? Let me read it to you, Ephesians 1.22. He put all things uh, in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all. Say, I'm possessed with Jesus. Okay? Now, Let's go to Mark chapter 5. All right? And we're going to see, if I get to more than one, maybe, um, people who were healed according to what they believed. In other words, their faith shaped the miracle they received. Say, my faith can shape my miracle. Yeah, what kind of miracle do you want? Do you want the pain to go away? Or do you want a new part? Right? Yes. What, what, what kind of miracle do you want? Okay? Mark chapter 5. And uh, let's go down to verse uh, 25. Okay? We already know that Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, he came to Jesus because his daughter was dying, and he went to Jesus, worshipped him, right? So they're on their way to Jairus' house, okay? And in Mark chapter 5, verse 
uh, 25, and a certain woman, this woman is not even named, but her legacy lives on. Hallelujah. A certain woman means she actually existed. Okay? Which had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was hemorrhaging. She was bleeding. She was in this condition for 12 years. Okay? Now imagine what she heard for 12 years. We, we haven't found a solution, but let's do another test. Let's try this. Let's try that. We don't know why you're bleeding, but let's do this. 12 years, year in, year out. She heard this. She didn't hear. She wasn't given any hope. She wasn't, they, they couldn't figure it out because the problem was still there. Okay? She suffered many things of many physicians. A lot of doctor's appointments, a lot of needles, a lot of pricking and prodding, a lot of ah, ooh, ah, right? You know, you've been to a doctor sometimes. You've, d- does that hurt when I do that? Yes, it does. <laughs> she spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather, everybody said, grew worse. Now her, conditioning, her condition is getting bad. Maybe it could be her death. It could be her demise. We don't know what this is going to lead to, but if you're bleeding in your body and you can't stop, you're weak, you're drained, you're weary. Amen? You're tired. Verse 27. When? Everybody say when. There was a moment in time when she heard a different report. She heard something entirely different than what the doctors had been saying to her for 12 years. What did she hear? She, I'm just going to read what the Bible says. When she had heard of Jesus, she had heard the word. Maybe someone came and told her, hey, this man named Jesus came to my town and everybody in it was healed. Really? Tell me more about it. How did he do it? He just spoke these words and, and he laid hands on people and these, all these people were healed. Large groups were healed. Individuals were healed. Maybe she heard about the blind man who got healed. Or maybe she heard about how he turned water to wine. Or maybe she heard that the nobleman's son came to him and Jesus said, you're healed. And he walked away knowing that truth. And when he got home, his son was healed the very moment Jesus spoke it. The Bible doesn't say what she heard. She heard of Jesus. She heard the word. She heard the truth. She heard the possibility. What she heard was sufficient evidence for her that she was going to believe it. She was going to latch on to it. She was going to hook into it. She was going to grab hold of it, and she wasn't going to let it go. What she heard transformed her entire life. She believed it with all of her soul, all of her might, all of her heart. What she heard. How does faith come? Hearing what? Is Jesus the word? So the woman heard the word. She heard of Jesus. When she heard of Jesus, there was a moment in time. She hadn't heard of Jesus in 12 years. Because the Bible said that she'd been dealing with this thing for 12 years. Maybe this was the 13th year. We don't know. When she heard. We don't know who told her. We don't know how she heard. But we know she heard. We know that faith came to her heart. 
So she determined that she was going to believe. Okay? What was she going to believe? When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press. She had a press pass. Behind and touched his garment, for she what? She said. How do we know she believed? Because she said and she did. She said, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. She determined the shape of her miracle. Her miracle, what she determined in her heart was she was going to touch his clothes and that's all she needed to do. That was the shape of her miracle. Her shape was in the form of a robe. And how do we know that she believed it? Because she went and did it. Do you think it was easy to make your way through the crowd in that condition? Probably not. Especially because she grew worse. But she was making her way to what she heard. She was making her way to the source of faith, to the object of faith, Jesus. She believed. See, when you believe something, this is how, when you believe something, belief is not passive. Oh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. No, that's double-minded. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. That's two opinions. That's double-minded. You don't get nothing. The double-minded man doesn't get anything because you're wavering. What am I doing? I'm wavering. Wavering looks good, but it doesn't get you anything. You got, when you believe, you've got to make up your mind. You've got to make a decision that no matter what it costs, no matter what it needs me to do, I'm going to do it. Amen. That's what she determined to do. And she, 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 she framed her outline. She framed her miracle. Didn't he? Didn't she? Okay. We'll find out. We know the story, but uh, for she said, she said and she did. She made her way to Jesus and she said, if I but touch his clothes, notice this phrase, I shall be whole. Did she say I might be? Did she say maybe it'll work? Did she say I'll try this? No, she said it shall be. That means it can't go any other way. That's how we have to be. Okay? And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. Oh my goodness. She felt the bleeding stop. Immediately, when she really believed, it stopped. And she was healed of that plague. Oh, hallelujah. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out. Jesus did not know who touched him. He just knew power went out of him. He didn't know who got the power. He didn't know where the power went. He just knew that something was transferred from him. Amen? He turned him about in the press or in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? If Jesus, the son of God, well, how come Jesus didn't know who touched him? Because he's operating as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. He gave up his ability to know all things unless the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Come on. 
Yes, he knew men's thoughts because the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Word of knowledge, word of uh, discerning of spirits, the spiritual gifts. Jesus operated on this earth as a man, just like you and I, anointed by the Holy Spirit. The only difference was he did not sin. He, he, he maintained a sinless life. But how he operated and how he functions is just like you and I. Whose faith did he use? God's faith. Whose faith do we use? God's faith. Whose word did Jesus use? God's word. Whose word do we use? God's word. We use the same material to build the same building. Amen? This is our building material store. You want to change the shape? You want to add an addition to your house? Get some material to build it. And go build it. How do you build it? You use your mouth. Your mouth is the contractor. Your mouth is the laborer. Your mouth is the plumber. Your mouth is the carpenter. Your mouth is the roofer. Your mouth is the drywaller. Your mouth is the interior direct decorator. That's the shape of faith. Faith has a voice. Faith is never silent. Unless it needs to be like when Jesus was... To be crucified. He was silent. Oh my goodness. Okay. So verse 31. The disciples said unto him. You see the multitude thronging you. And say who touched you? I mean they're, they're seeing everybody touch him. The disciples don't even have a clue what's going on. <laughs> Which way did he go? Which, you know. And he looked around about to see her. Who had done this thing. Everybody say done this thing. Faith does some things. Faith just doesn't sit there and wait for it to happen. Faith grabs a hold of it. Hallelujah. Faith is like a lasso on a cowboy. When you see a stray calf, you get that lasso and you, you fling that lasso and you get it around that cow and you, right? Amen. Faith is our lasso. Hallelujah. Okay. But the woman fearing and trembling Knowing what was done in her. When you believe, you know. You know that you know that you know. Why? Because belief produces confidence. Okay? She fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her daughter, my power has made you whole. Is that what he, is that what he said? What made her whole? Whose faith? Her faith? She outlined the shape. Who told her to touch his clothes? She did. She determined that that's how she was going to do it. Was God okay with that? Yes, because it worked. Because that's faith. Faith pleases God. Listen, when someone is in faith, God gets so excited. He says, oh, I can't wait. Look what's about to happen, Gabriel and Michael. They're in faith. Watch what's going to happen. God gets so excited when we come in faith, when we come believing, actually believe. She had no other evidence than other than what she heard. And based on what she heard, she started going towards that direction. I, I heard it over here. So she's going that way. She's going to where she heard it. Or... or what you know, because I mean, no sound travels, right? Sound has waves, it goes out. Hallelujah. She was following the wave of the sound, 
She was looking for the rock that was thrown into the water. Jesus was the rock and his ripples were going out. Hallelujah. She was following where the, the ripples are getting bigger. And, you know, they get bigger as they go, smaller as they go in. She was following the, the small ripples. Oh, I'm there. And then she reached out and touched. Daughter, this is Jesus. He's the head of the church. Does he know what, he, does, does he know what he's talking about? Can he lie? Does he give an accurate report? Daughter, your faith, your faith, say it one more time, your faith made you whole. Your faith made you whole. What you believed made you whole. What you believed shaped this in your life. What you believed brought it to you. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Oh, my goodness. See, once you believe you receive, then you have peace. And she walked in peace and wholeness. I bet she went to the doctors and say, look what happened to me. Amen. You know, when I injured my finger, I won't go into the details. But some, anyway. The doctor said that they weren't sure if a nail would grow back. I got a nail on my finger. My nail was completely gone. But I, I told the doctors that I said, no, doctor, my nail's going to come back. And I spoke, I would speak to my finger. I said, nail, you're going to come back. Fall. There's a nail on that finger. Amen. Hallelujah. It wasn't there before. It was gone when I had my injury. It was completely gone. Down back to the cuticle. But how, how many know? All, how many things are possible? Listen, God can grow a nail on your finger if that's what you want, if that's what you believe. Amen? God can heal a broken bone if that's what you want, if that's what you believe. Amen? How do you believe it? How do you want it to happen? You, there was no book that said, go and touch Jesus' clothes, although there were examples of people that touched his clothes. There were other examples Recorded in the Bible that people, everybody who touched him was healed. Maybe she heard that story. She heard something about touching him. Amen? But it was her faith that framed. It was her faith that shaped. It was her faith that fashioned. It was her faith that made that miracle. Jesus, all he did was supply the power. He, had the, he, he was the power, right? He was the healer, right? He was walking to Jairus' house. He, that woman didn't even have an appointment. How many know faith can get you to where you need to be without an appointment? When Mary told Jesus they need wine, he said, you don't have an appointment. He said, it's not my time. Mary said, okay, whatever he says, do it. She super, she said, I'll make it. You want an appointment? I'll give you an appointment. Whatever he says, do it. Her faith made an appointment. Her faith set, her faith prepared the miracle for it to happen. Amen? See, faith refuses to quit. Faith never gives up. We can talk about the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15, who, by the way, Jesus commented on her faith. We could talk about the Roman centurion. Who, 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 where did he read, all you got to do is speak and my servant shall be whole. That's, he, he determined the, the frame of his miracle. 
Just speak the, if you speak the word, it takes the shape of his healing. Mm. Your spoken word will shape his healing. That's what, he, that's what he determined. See, he had an understanding of authority. He walked in that authority as a soldier. He was under authority and he had authority. I'm under people and people are under me. He knew exactly how authority functioned. And he trusted in God's authority. Oh, hallelujah. All right. Say, faith shapes my life. What kind of shape are you in? Amen? What kind of shape are you in? Do you need to build your faith a little bit? Ooh, there's some weak places in my shape. You're a triangle and one of your sides is, is falling over. You got to take some time to build that side. Do you know that when faith, when it regards faith, you can be strong in salvation and weak in healing? Or you could be strong in salvation and weak in prosperity. So what does that mean? You take the building material and you reinforce this prosperity side. All right? Okay, what are you doing? I'm renewing my prosperity wall. I'm building it up. Okay, now it's strong. It's sturdy. It's steady. It's uh, level. Right? It's plumbed. Hallelujah. Level and plumb. Glory to God. When you got something that's level and plumb, it's going to hold up. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't the God's word, isn't our plumb line? Hallelujah. Isn't it our level? It keeps us on the straight path. Hallelujah. My goodness. It's a hammer. Some of you got a nail sticking out. This word will knock that hammer in. Knock that nail in. Amen. The word is a hammer. The word is our toolbox. Hallelujah. It's our power saw. It's our electric drill. Glory to God. I'm telling you. I got a revelation. Faith takes shape. There are different shapes. And guess what? There's no shape that's better than the other. It's whatever shape works for you. If you like triangles, make all the triangles you want. Make a couple pyramids. Amen? If you like squares, make a bunch of squares. Make them big squares. If you like ovals, make them big ovals. If you like circles, make them big circles. Amen? You determine the shape of your faith by what you believe. That woman did it. That centurion did it. Hallelujah, the Syrophoenician woman did it. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Can I just give you something else? Just take a minute here. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Did you know that most people in the Bible, the majority, got healed by their own faith? Now, does that negate other ways of healing? No. There are working of miracles, but that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't control the gifts. We simply yield to them when the Holy Spirit wants to do them. Like, we can't say, okay, I'm going to do a working of miracles now if I didn't have the Holy Spirit say do that. The Bible says the the gifts of the Spirit are as he wills. He knows when when they need to operate, amen? All we do is yield to them when he wants to operate them. 
Amen. This morning you heard a gift of the Spirit. It's the tongues of interpretation. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to us. Amen. Sometimes when I pray for people, I pray prophetically. Amen. Why? That's just how God needs to operate. All right. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. You know, faith is a journey. It's a journey. And you, verse 21, Colossians 1.21, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. You know what? When you got born again, you took on a new shape. You look like Jesus. Verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. You took on the shape of of being blameless. You took on the shape of being unreprovable. You took on the shape, hallelujah, of being holy. Jesus had to take on a shape so that you could get that way. He had to go on a cross. He took the shape of a cross so that he could take our sin. Verse 23, this is, this is it. If you continue, the problem is people don't continue. They stop living by faith and they start living by the flesh. All of us get tempted. How are you going to solve the problem? Are you going to pray and, and get God's answer? Or are you going to do it on your own strength, on your own merit, your own way? Hmm? That's a temptation for all of us. Oh, I've done it before. I can do it again. No, you can't. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. If you continue in the faith, everybody say continue. You know, once you start in faith, you've got to continue in faith. Faith is a lifestyle. If you, if, you, if you leave here today and you get out of faith, you need to repent and get back in faith. If you get out of faith, you can repent and get back in faith. As long as while you're out of faith, the devil just doesn't come and destroy you. Saul got out of faith a couple times and he lost the anointing. King Saul. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. What are you grounded and settled to? The word. And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard. Faith comes by hearing. And which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, faith is a journey. And we got to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. Amen? All right, one more scripture. I mentioned it, but I'm going to finish with this one. Second Thessalonians 1, and then I'm done. Oh, hallelujah. I wish preaching was one and done. (laughs) Just so you know, I got 15 pages of notes, but I'm only giving you about five. I'm not cutting you short anyway. I'm just, you know, time, time, time. Second Thessalonians chapter one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. 
Grace unto you and peace from God our Father. Say, I have grace and peace. Hallelujah. Through our Lord and through the Lord Jesus. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith, what? Grows how? In other words, there's no limit to how big your faith can get. Did you know that when muscles grow, they take a shape? When you start lifting weights and exercising, a shape starts taking place. Hallelujah. Muscles have a shape. Your faith has a shape. Because your faith grows exceedingly and, and, everybody say and, the love of every one of you towards each other abounds. So guess what? If your faith is going to grow, then so is your love going to grow. Because you're not going to, you can't have strong faith and weak love. Because faith works by love. But aren't you glad that your faith has a shape? And you determine what shape it's in. Amen? You could either live in a shack or you could live in a palace. You determine what you live in. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I know that we got some believers in here today. Number one, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And if you do, do you believe he's the son of God? Then you need to confess him as Lord and that gets born again. That is the entrance into all the goodness of God. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. That's what uh, Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. People need to be born again. They need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. If you're here and you need to be born again, then you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Number two, this is Pentecost Sunday. That means it's power up Sunday. Amen. And uh, God distributed his promise on his people. God said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of my father. And uh, 120 believed him because they showed up. Amen. And they were in the upper room and they, they they were in there and a sound, they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled the house while they were sitting and tongues of fire appeared above their heads and they all began to speak in languages they never learned or studied. They became linguists. Amen. And people from Galilee were speaking all these other languages. You read it. There's a whole list of languages there. Amen. And all the people were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost and they heard them. They heard them magnify God in their own language. So you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is baptized in power. Amen. God's not going to baptize you in lemon juice or pickle juice, but he'll baptize you in power and fire. Amen. If you want to be baptized in, in the uh, Holy Ghost, you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If you want to be born again, you need to be born again. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> if you want to be healed, you can be healed. Yes. Amen. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Why? The healer's here today. Yes. If you need to be healed, come and be healed. Yes. Amen. You believe it so much that when you get up, you say, I'm going to go up there and it's going to happen to me. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. We got to believe like that because we got to shape our miracle. Amen? Because our faith has a shape. And then whatever else you need prayer for. So if you want to be born again, come on. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come on. If you want to be healed, come on. If you need anything else from God, come on. God's got it all. There's no shortage in heaven. Hallelujah. But you're, gonna, you're coming with the attitude that you're going to get it. Not going to, that you have it right now. Amen? I shall be. Everybody say, I shall be. It's whatever you need. I shall be. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Glory to God.